0: Dave, I got to tell you, we were traveling to the Midwest this past weekend uh, for a very happy occasion, a wedding in the family, and I was uh, driving through some old haunts uh, from living in Northeast Ohio and Michigan, and one of the billboards brought a rush of memory back. Uh, and it was for a talk radio station in Akron, Ohio, that I used to listen to driving home from work. I used to work nights at the Akron Beacon Journal. And uh, I would tune this radio station in, not because necessarily I'm a huge talk radio fan, but because they had something that, when you hear about it today, is going to sound like caveman time. Okay. Uh, and I want to know whether this was something that you ever had on the West Coast. It was called Dial a Date. And basically. Dial a date. Okay, yeah. Dial a date. And it was basically Tinder for the radio. Okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So if you were a person you love person, about Tinder take that away and now put it on a yeah, radio. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then yeah, you know how you know how you could see the person's face? Yeah, it didn't have that. You know how you choose from a lot of people? Yeah, you didn't have that. <laughs> hey, you you took it right, boiled it down to the most useless parts and that's what we had in the 1990s. Uh it was dial a date and it was it was so it, there was parts of it that was wonderful. I still the the host the the DJ who did dial it. It was so good. I still remember his name. His name was Jim Albright. And he had an amazing voice. He came off a little he had a little Charles Nelson Riley in him, in his delivery. How wonderful and, for dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. He was, He And he was a really good talker. He, because what he had to do was somebody would call up that was looking for a date, right? Okay. And on the radio, he would have to make let's say this as a guy. He'd have to make this guy sound interesting. He'd have to make somebody who's totally just some schmuck on a phone... Sound interesting yeah. for five minutes or so, enough until that the 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 people that he was looking for. Uh, let's let in in uh in, in the case of argument here. Let's say that it was a woman. Oh, and I think towards the end they were they were doing you know all kinds of uh, uh, different pairings, which again for the 1990s on the radio was kind of forward looking. But let's say that it that he was looking for uh, a women. This guy would have to come in. Make this guy sound interesting. Oh, wow. Women, uh, they, at least three women would have to call up, and then it would be like the dating game TV show, right? They, he, they would say, okay, let's have you talk to uh, contestant number one. And then they would talk, and the the DJ would facilitate. Again, he'd have to be an amazing people person to do this. Uh, they would talk and chat back and forth. What do you like? What do you don't like? What do you like? You know, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Then it would go number two, number three. At the end, the person would choose one of them. Whoa. They would take them off the line to exchange personal information to have a date. And then they'd go on to the next. And then, of course, they would check in with people later. I was going to say, is it like Shark Tank
1: where you would check back in a couple weeks later and be like, how'd it go? Yeah,
0: yeah. You remember, you know, uh, Steve from last week, he paired up with Melissa. And uh, let's hear how their date went. Yeah, yeah, well, we had a great time, but it wasn't a love match, blah, blah. Uh, But can you imagine in today's day and age trying to make something like Dial-A-Date work?
1: I, I got to tell you, for anyone under 25, 30, I, back then, we just had to make our own fun. And it was <laughs> this, oh, this yeah. whatever bad shit technology oh. we had lying around, which was phones, uh, radio, uh, the basic VCRs. Like, it was so it was so haphazard compared to what we yeah. do now.
0: Well, and Dial-A-Date was, was a big te- step up technologically oh, yeah. because what we had before Dial-A-Date were literally classified ads. Holy shit. Right?
1: The- Imagine trying to find the love of your life with 30 words or less, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you're paying by the character. Think of a tweet. Oh, my God. Think
0: of a tweet. No ads would have been but so short. you're paying by the character. That's why that's where you get that whole SWM seeks SWF because you had to use uh, abbreviations: single white male, single white female, whatever you were looking for, right. you had an abbreviation for it. Right. Uh, looking for an LTR, long term relationship. Did can you, can you tell? I spent a little bit of time. Oh my god! Did you, wait? Hold on. Hold on. I
1: think the entire world wants to know because you were in the newspaper world and a little bit older than yes. I was. Yes. Did you ever place a classified ad for a date, Brad?
0: One time. Oh,
1: One time. Whoa. I actually, I actually, I I, I never would have t- thought to ask this had this topic not come up. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, please. I'm not judging it anyway. A little bit. Tell me what you did. Tell me what you did. Ah, uh,
0: uh, Oh, no, listen. I was, I was, I, I you remember when we were talking about, uh, we were talking about our friend who was feeling a little bit ziggy.
1: Yeah. And oh, and I said, yeah. listen,
0: you got to, you got to get to a point where you're comfortable in your old skin. Yep. Uh, I was so not that I, I was saying that from a position of I've been there, Having and that's what I yet, needed yeah, yeah. to do. And nobody was around to rattle me and 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 tell me what I you know. And and who knows if I would have had the wherewithal to do it. But I was I was like I, I gotta find I gotta go out on a date. I gotta I gotta find somebody I can talk to. This is you know. And so I placed a classified ad. I forget what it said. Oh, but of course you know one thing hasn't changed. I was cheap then. I'm cheap now. It had to be. It had to. Be riddled with abbreviations. I, I'm sure I said very little, but and and it puts you in an interesting spot when you're paying by the character yeah. because. Do you choose to tell more about yourself, or do you choose to say more about the type of person you're willing to meet? Also,
1: you could pay for placement. So I know, based on Brad's cheapness, it was him, and he's surrounded oh. by plumbing companies, just surrounded <laughs> by plumbing companies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was.
0: <laughs> which actually wasn't a bad strategy because it's hard to look bad when you're surrounded by <laughs> plumbing right. companies.
1: The, the more bonkers thing that I think a lot of people forget about is, you know, we all make fun of, uh, you know, teens and twenty-somethings now who almost intuitively yeah. know how to pose for social media. You know, cameras above your head, lighting is facing your natural light. If you can, you know, extend your chin so you don't get a double chin going. Like everybody sort of knows the tricks now. But the thing that we all forget is Video dating in the 80s and 90s was bonkers, oh. was bonkers. Yeah. I mean, I know that Tinder is shallow because you're going swipe, 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 and you're getting rid yep. of people, yep. but think about the inefficiency of getting out the frickin' VCR tape, putting it in, fast-forwarding through the legal notice, getting to Roger. Hi, I'm Roger. I'm a local mental manager, an account, nope, eject, putting in the next <laughs> tape, uh, you know, fast-forwarding through the, the legal stuff, getting to the next one. Hello, my name's Steven. I work as a zoologist for the Cleveland local library association nope eject and then it goes, like how inefficient was that process and also nobody looks good oh. nobody looks good no. in video
0: dating nobody looked good and and because it, uh, media is so cheap now, you could take a bad video and either see that it was a bad video or get instant feedback yes. that it's a bad video, it right and, and then you in. learn everything. Yeah. yeah. But like, I, I, by the time you've shot your tape on VCR, it was like it's too late. You've you've paid two hundred dollars for your recording session. You see it on your TV, and you're like, oh my god, I look horrible. <laughs> and there's nobody around to tell you, yeah. you know, how to do it better. Yeah. So there was there wasn't the instant transfer
1: of knowledge that we've got today. Yeah. I mean, VCR microphones were terrible. Their resolution was, what, 480 at best? I think? I don't remember. At best! uh, At best! uh, uh, So, you know, no one knew how to do basic lighting around their apartment, so it was always a badly lit guy from behind. It looked like a hostage video. He's, oh, yeah. He's wearing horizontal stripes. No one's told him to sit upright, so he's kind of slouching. And, and so it's just like, oh, God, Roger, what are you doing? What are you? What is any of this doing? This is not working. Oh, God.
0: Yeah, yeah. you you, you got to wonder about uh, anybody that actually got a date, you know, through any of that. I mean, somehow dates happen. Somehow people took those leaps of fate and found their love interest uh, through these things. It's it's amazing. It actually worked for before, before the Internet came around and made everything. Thing different.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there are kids walking around thankful that to exist because of that stuff. So it worked, That's I guess. Right. I guess That's it right. and on, on that note, I'm going to say hello, everybody. Welcome to Comic Lab, the show about dating and making comics.
0: And dating and making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, the
1: author of the Web Comics Handbook and the creator of Evil Inc. And I'm his friend Dave Kellett, who thankfully has never been on Tinder. And I'm the cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co director of Stripped. Not as thankful as the rest of us are, and this week's
0: Hour of (laughs) Comics Advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash
1: comic lab. So Dave, Dave! let's talk comics. Let's talk comics, my friend, and just a reminder that my presence on Tinder would have only cost you a swipe. It wouldn't have been that big (laughs) an inconvenience, friend. It's not like the VCRs. You wouldn't have had to pop me out and rewind before you put me back on the shelf. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that this show is going out live to our Comic Lab Live Gab group, and they are joining us every week at the live stream, and there is a concurrent chat every week running along with the show, and I'm waving to them now. And if you happen to miss the live stream show, it is archived every week if you have to miss it for life, love, or learning, So either way you are set up when you join us over at patreon.com slash comic lab and brad this week i think we should be real oh my goodness is it time for us to be real because i'm ready to be real real. are you ready to be real
0: well this is i you know what i i was i was being real just before we turned the microphones on as was i for the first time yeah, uh, we found out and and, and by the way uh, this means that the rest of our audience has known about this for months but yeah. Dave and oh, yeah. I
1: when two dudes that are our age are like yeah. oh be real time to try it that yeah. means all the kids are immediately getting off that's
0: what it is so, in case you haven't sussed it out by now, we're talking about Be Real, the new social media platform, and the concept is this: you sign up for Be Real, uh, you you establish your account, and then you get a notification at a random time during the day, and wherever you are, you have two minutes to take a photograph of of whatever you're doing at that moment, or wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And here's the part I didn't quite understand. You know how your, ca- your, your smartphone has a forward-facing camera mm-hmm. and a backwards-facing mm-hmm. camera? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you take the picture, it, it activates both of them at the same time. So you're taking a picture of you and you're taking a picture of whatever you're facing. I right. didn't understand that. I, I got a my first why one I got is the very strange.
1: photo of Brad Geiger on my B Real. <laughs> yes,
0: is that what that was? Yes. And it was out of focus yet. You couldn't <laughs> see all the hairs clearly. Uh it was, it was so yeah, you and then once you approve that, it goes up and only your friends see it. So there is that. You know, it doesn't go public, only your friends see your B Real photographs. Uh, And then uh, it it just happens once every 24 hours. So once you're you've done for that 24 hour period, uh, you have to wait for the next one. And uh, there are a lot of things about this that may that number one, just the fact that, you know, Dave and I finally found out about it. So it must be popular. But I'm (laughs) thinking this is the time to start experimenting with this because I think this is going somewhere. I think this is a good time to jump on the wagon. Uh, I'm
1: not sure why yet. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's lay this out for people because there are no filters. Because you yeah. can't super duper duper plan your shots, because you either yeah. you either cheat and take a good forward facing photo, or you cheat and take a good backward facing photo, and then the other can't one's kind of shitty depending on which way you cheat. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. So because you, we all know you can only pay attention so much to how you stage it, and you only have two minutes, so you can't super duper prep. Although we'll talk about that in a minute in terms of what a big yeah. chain did recently. Um, and uh, again, no filters, no sort of cleaning cleaning up the photo, no sort of redoing the lighting or, or any of the staging. And I have to say, as part of a broader trend of what we've been talking about, which is that social media is kind of failing cartoonists. It's also failing users, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons why I think uh, Be Real is skyrocketing in popularity with teens and with 20 somethings. I mean, Brad, the, the downloads have been bonkers. I think it's somewhere in the 40 to 50 million range now. I might It might even be higher because it's kind yeah. of on an exponential curve right now. Uh, and as Brad jokingly said, when Brad and I find out about it, that lets you know that it's already reached a yeah, saturation yeah. point. But here's the thing, though. I, I'm, I'm being serious about this, quite serious about this, is that Instagram is failing us. TikTok is yes. failing us. Facebook is failing us. Twitter is failing us because because we're all presenting a super, super hyper curated version of our yes. lives to the yes. world. And we sense the phoniness and we also sense mm-hmm. how it makes us feel about ourselves. A little bit of like public jealousy of like, well, I guess Brad has a good life. Dang, I wish Dave Keller could have a good life like that. Look at him. Brad, Brad yeah. looks so great in all those photos with his bow tie and looking so fancy. And, uh, so, but it's true though. It's true. We've had 10 years of it now and we all kind of sense that the phoniness is not, it's not working for us. So, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the reasons why I wanted to bring be real up on the show today is I think there is potential value for cartoonists on be real. I'm not a hundred percent certain that it can be made to be a marketing engine for us. Uh, and yeah. that's okay. Although I think Brad, my sense is Brad's going to have a different opinion on that, but mm-hmm. I have to say as a human, I kind of like this idea as a social network and it might be the first social network that I do in, I don't know, eight years, 10 years where it's just for my friends and I, you know what I mean? Like I don't, maybe I don't bring it public. Maybe it's just us just because I'm, I personally am tired of the sort of faux presentation of people's lives,
0: you know? And that's everything you need to know. Everything that you just said is why I think it's a good idea to spend a little bit of time uh, getting in on the ground floor of this one, Mm -hmm. because everything you said was right. Uh, and also there's two other things I'm going to add to uh, that. And number one, TikTok is already running scared. If you've uh, been on TikTok and you see that they want you to that uh, do this thing, post a video at the same time as your friends, right? That's, that's. That's be real. That's exactly what be real is trying to do. So when TikTok is running scared and TikTok has been running the board for the last uh, couple of years, when TikTok is, is running scared, you know that they've got something and their metrics are telling them that this is a threat. Number two, this is the first social media that has actually sounded fun to me yeah. for a long time yeah. because again, it takes all the gloss off. Uh, there's not that comparing my highlight reel to somebody else's blooper reel or vice versa. Uh, it, it sounds like fun. And so there's a little bit of trouble, you know, that it, it's just not, it's, it won't be another month until we find out that somebody caused a traffic accident because they were taking their be real shot as they were supposed to be paying attention in traffic. Yeah. That's going to happen without a doubt. Or somebody's going to, you know, walk off a cliff, all that stuff that they used to talk about with, uh, TikTok and, and social media in general. Uh, it's going to be a whole new wave of that kind of hysteria, but, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's gonna I think this has legs I think this is gonna really get uh interesting and that's why it's important for people like us to be in on the ground floor because even though we don't know what the play is yet, I think this is where the play
1: is gonna be made and because um here's another wrinkle to it I don't yet know how be real is going to market user specific advertising yet in a yeah. in a in a way that um for to a user base that doesn't reveal as much uh curated information about themselves as tick tock mm-hmm. or instagram do um maybe as the network grows obviously it'll become more uh, uh information based where i guess what i'm saying brad is uh, you know, a lot of advertisers have been able to reach us based on the, the the things that we reveal about ourselves, what we click, how we follow. Right? I don't sense that this one is going to be as widespread um, a a network effect because. There are going to be, a, I think, a higher than usual percentage of people that keep their circles smaller. If that makes sense. Yep. Although yep. maybe this is me just projecting because I want to keep my circle smaller and be real. <laughs> but I can see why because this feels like the old internet. It feels like what we mm-hmm. grew up on, like original Twitter or the vines yep. that we would make that would that were stupid and yeah. you know were seven or fourteen seconds or whatever the hell they were. Um, and our old blog posts—they were all a little bit. You know, we used to joke that social media was what you had for lunch. Um yeah and uh it kind of got hyper curated and everyone got away from that and then it was like the most posed photo with 20 filters on yourself uh yeah and and so in going back to the old internet with be real people have to let their guard down a little bit and so i think we're going to have people uh set up a, a lot of be real accounts without public settings it's just going to be kept private walled gardens Uh, Because discovery is fun. And if you go on to be real and do the discovery setting and just see where people, you know, you'll see snippets of someone having a coffee in a stone thing in Israel. And then you'll flip and you'll and and suddenly you're in North Africa and then suddenly you're in, you know, a a school in France. And it's kind of fun to see as you jump around the world, basically real life snippets of someone's life. There's very something pleasantly voyeuristic about it not creepily voyeuristic but, you know pleasant um and i there's there's a certain joy to that but i don't know that i would want to put myself yet in the publicly discoverable aspect of it and maybe that's just because i don't know how to not take a photo of a double chin when i'm doing a forward-facing <laughs> camera i don't know i don't know how to do it uh, listen maybe I, I need someone to instruct me on that i can't get a room and not get a double chin maybe i need to lay off uh the in and out i don't know why but <laughs> that's just me how about you can you see yourself making this publicly discoverable for you
0: yes for the for the same reason you're gonna i think a lot of people are because You're going to be positively reinforced for doing that because the more you extend your circle, the more people having coffee in Israel and the more people doing, you know, uh, a break job on their car in the backyard, uh, the more of that you're going to get exposed to. And also you're going to get bored of those same people and those same faces every time you're going to want different people, different faces, different experiences and you're going to get positively enforced for widening and widening your circle. And this is going to do a couple of things. Number one, uh, it, the first thing people are going to point out is that just like Instagram, and and we we often speak in dour tones about Instagram for good reason, But uh, just like Instagram, just like TikTok, Mm -hmm. uh, I already tried to put a hyperlink in my profile. Nothing doing (laughs) right That ain't happening. That's our first place I went. Not going to not doesn't mean that it won't happen later, but I'm not holding my breath. Uh, But it's doing what social media first set out to do, which is connect people. And let's face it, that's as as content creators on the web, that's a big part of what we trade on is that personal connection. Uh, that's going to start to happen in real big ways on Be Real. Again, we're, it, it remains to be seen how we're going to use that, but I think this is where uh, those connections are going to be made in the next couple of years.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I both agree and I disagree with you in that. And again, going back to advertising, I feel like this is going to yeah. be the big Uh, structural problem for Be Real is how do brands market on it? And I think the answer is going to be humor. I think humor is going to end up being the big marketing angle. Yeah, Um, You probably saw, or maybe you didn't see, but uh, it was either Chipotle or Subway or somebody sent a team of 20-year-olds to Times Square, New York, they bought mm-hmm. advertisement in Times Square. They had them waiting around with the official phone of the restaurant. <gasps> oh, really? Waiting for the notification from Be Real to stage the photo. Right. They spent money on this. They granted. Yeah. They hired a bunch of twenty year olds who don't cost a lot. But they had to get the they had to get the setting. They had to get the Times Square. They had to get all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it worked. Like it. It became. It had kind of a, a splash on on Be Real. But I think we are going to see a lot of that kind of staged marketing um yeah. where companies are going to have one 20 year old in the uh i don't know the the flaming hot cheetos room and they're going to have yeah. a staged room in the thing or they're going to put a costume character doing stuff something that's cheap with a 20 year old or 21 year old they can pay them hourly you know what i mean and they just have them waiting around for the be real to, to be notified but aside from that you can't do the super staged uh, uh marketing so i don't yeah. know I guess what I'm getting at is I don't know how a cartoonist makes this work for them in a way that's not hyper revealing of their own life. Anyway, for those of us that that yeah. that like a, a modicum of privacy, you know, we all mm-hmm. we all pull back the curtain a little bit, but we all like a little bit of privacy. And the problem would be real is that there's just times a day you don't want to take a photo. You don't want and And it's, it's not going to be focused on yeah. your work anyway. So I don't know. I don't necessarily know how that helps the overall career.
0: For corporations, I think you just stumbled right across it. Uh, uh, you got a costume character. You can you can hire uh, a team of 30 20 year olds as long as they put the costume on. You don't know who's inside the costume, right? Uh, and you you've got complete coverage at that point. Yep. So that that makes really good sense. Uh, here, and here's another thing that I think I, I think this is going to become very popular because of this next thing and that is the fact that we're going to start to we're going to start to take some of the gloss off of social media mm-hmm. and i think in terms we we hear all the time how social media is kind of bad for mental health because we're comparing you know ourselves to these people who look beautiful and seem to be living the perfect lives that's going to be impossible with be real quite frankly for yeah. regular people you know
1: yeah.
0: uh even even for irregular people you 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 cannot be camera ready 24 hours a day no, it's just no. in, it's just inhuman yeah. so i think that and, and and i think by participating in that and saying hey this is this is me on the treadmill at 7:30 in the morning i look horrible <laughs> but this is what i'm doing you yeah. know uh you're going to start to feel a much a greater connection to these people and then Uh, I, 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 my guess is when you put like, uh, that, that, or just say, Hey, I'm the cartoonist. I do evil ink. They're going to be more apt to search you out, uh, one way or another, even if there's not a hyperlink, I think that the motivation is going to be stronger to make that connection with you because you're an actual real person and you're sharing that degree. Uh, I will tell you what. That there's going to be a little bit of, especially for those of us with families. All right, mm-hmm. the trade-off on that is you're going to have to be a little bit extra careful when you're taking these pictures because there's going to be people on the other side of that camera who don't want to be on your flip side. Uh, and you've got to be respectful of that, even if you're in a public place, like in a Starbucks. I would you, I, I my uh, guess is you're going to have to be very careful how you're swinging that camera around, because if I'm standing on the other side of you, I don't want to be on your B be, side. Be real, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I don't want to be on the B side of that. So, uh, but but I do think that it has the potential, the potential. To, uh, to be a lot more powerful than even we're getting the feel for right now. Yeah. And I, like I said, I don't know what the play is, but I think this is where the play is going to be made.
1: I got to tell you, a lot of the energy of this conversation is reminding me of the chat that you, Scott, Chris, and I had around Twitter yeah. when you guys were yeah. trying to convince me to do Twitter. And I was like, I don't want to write all this bullshit all every day. And yeah. eight, eight, nine years ago, we knew there was something there. You you yeah. three more than I. And, and it was about trying to figure out how to use it i will say i agree with you that there's energy there's excitement there's interest in this new uh you know drop the filters look uh, at your life but mm-hmm. i'm gonna disagree with you that i think your your temporary excitement is uh fooling you right now that this yeah. is going to lead people to seek out your art in the same way that a lot of people fool themselves that like, well, look, I've got I've got 80,000 people on on Instagram. They're going to hunt me down. They're going to find my yeah, Kickstarter yeah. or find my store. We've seen that. If you can't link out, it doesn't do shit for you. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it's real nice to have 40,000 followers on Be Real. If you can't link out, it doesn't do shit for you. They're not going to go seek you out. They're not going to leave that platform. We've seen it on Instagram. We've seen it on, on yep. Facebook when you can't get the ads out. And eventually we know that their algorithm on Be Real is going to start to govern it based on, mm-hmm. you know, once you're having publicly facing things and you have followers of 40,000, they're going to limit it. The algorithm's going to kick yeah. back in again. Like right now we're excited because it doesn't feel very algorithm-y. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's um, but that,
0: but that it, algorithm is coming.
1: It's coming. Yeah. We know it's coming because they're going to have to, uh, this is what I'm getting circle back around on ads again. They're going to have to figure out a way to keep you on, yeah. be real because they need to sell you ads. And, yeah. um, and if we're only doing it once a day, uh, I don't know how they're gonna do that without really pushing their discovery aspect of Be Real, which in turn mm-hmm. will then trigger a whole bunch of algorithms to give you what you previously have liked. Oh, you like people right. having coffee in in stone patios? Great, then you're gonna get a lot more of that. Oh, you like people redoing right. the house? You're gonna get a lot more of that. Um, and so, uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's got the shiny new car smell right now, and I feel like oh. six months in, 12 months in, we're gonna go, well, I built up a Be Real audience and I can't do anything with it. Like we did with Instagram, you know, and, and TikTok tock before that. And, and I'm on the
0: right, hey, listen, I'm a, I'm an open book here is in terms of like you saying, my enthusiasm might be blinding me, uh, go back and listen to that those uh first couple of episodes of uh Comic Lab where we were discovering TikTok. I was very very bullish on TikTok. Yeah. Uh I don't know when the last time I uploaded anything to TikTok was because I got uh, uh very discouraged with that very quickly and I realized there's no ROI and so I got the hell out. Uh but I'm going to say this. Uh how mo- I, 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 if you could go back in time and jump in on, and and by the way, I, I I I you know I hate Instagram. So take this and really understand that through this filter. As much as I even I hate Instagram for its uselessness, and it's useless, how much would you love to go back and get in on the ground floor of Instagram back when people like Chris Halbeck were saying, hey, get on the ground floor of this. How much would you love to go back and get on the ground floor of that Uh, So that you could be in a much different position with Instagram today. I, I kind of nah. feel like it's nah. no, you, know, you no. know why?
1: You know why that's useless? That's like that old joke of like, yeah, Brad, I lose 10 cents on every volume or every unit that I sell, but I make it up on volume. And if if 10,000 if 10, followers are useless on Instagram, 400,000 followers are still useless. Yes, you yeah. can sell ads. And yes, maybe Instagram is throwing you some cash, but the network is still useless in general for you because you can't link out. You can't control it. You don't own that user base. Um, mm-hmm. And the algorithm is, is limiting you. So I, I, I see I take your broad point that wouldn't it be nice, yeah. but you would still find it to be broadly useless for your career. And to to your point, too, as far as TikTok, yeah, fast, rapid, exponential growth on B-Real doesn't necessarily mean you have to get on it anyway. Because let's all remember that fast, rapid, exponential growth also happened to Clubhouse not 12 months ago, was it? 18 months ago? Who the mm-hmm. hell? What was the last time you heard about Clubhouse anywhere, anything, anywhere? No, that thing dried up faster than a than a pioneer ghost oh, yeah. town. It's just a tumbleweed <laughs> blowing by on in Clubhouse, and and who knows that might be what B-Real ends up being, but. I will say not, I'm going to take off my cartoonist hat and put on my normal human being hat. I still think I might like be real for a limited group of 15, 45, 100 people in my life that I would love to see what's going on in their daily thing. And Mm -hmm. I would love to show them what stupid things I get up to, you know? I
0: got to tell you, I still think that there's a little something there uh, that's worth, uh, exploring that number one, I, I'm, I'm probably going to do it at least for the next couple of weeks, just because it sounds like fun. Yeah, it
1: does sound like fun. It does. It sounds like the old internet.
0: Yeah. I don't know when the last time I said that was that this social media platform sounds like fun. Yeah. This actually sounds like fun. Uh, but take a look at what Chipotle is doing right now. Uh, their uh, their uh, uh, outreach, they were very quick to jump on be real. and their outreach involves a QR code on the uh, uh, on the other side camera. So on one side, it's the main subject. On the other side, they really quick set up a QR code like that's probably printed out on a oh, card. Oh, now oh. once you've got a QR code, you can do anything yeah, that's a link. Like,
1: yes, yes, but, okay, the average teen, 20-something, 30-year-old, it's not like they've got a spare iPhone to take a photo of their QR code on their other phone.
0: <laughs>
1: what I'm getting at is, you still, in your heart of hearts, you still know that's a circumlocutious way to, like, try to reach somebody. You got to get out a second GD device, hold it up to the first device, get the QR yeah, code to but scan. That,
0: I, oh, uh, if, if Be Real gets enough people doing something like this... It, it, technology will solve that problem right. about yeah. having will the be second an- phone. Very, It'll be something that you can put in, you know, save into your photos and then just select it. This is an easy problem to solve. And technology will have it solved within
1: months if there's a there there. Right, right. Well, and and one last thing to to mention before we move on. Obviously, have fun with it, explore. Uh, yeah. And I, one thing, two things I really want to say about Be Real before we close up the shop. One is uh, definitely, definitely, definitely bring this over to the Discord chat on the Patreon.com/slash yeah. yeah. Comic Lab because this is a great place to workshop ideas on how cartoonists might be able to use it. Who knows? When I go to bed tonight, suddenly I might get a, a you know a light bulb moment and go, Oh, here's yeah. how I could use Be Real in my cartooning. And I'm sure someone else in the group might have an idea. So definitely bring it over to. The Discord chat. Secondly, yeah. I should just mention because this is interesting going forward, as it will be a limiter for TikTok as the US government and the EU kicks in. Is that the servers for, th- for Be Real are in France and the U.S. versus in China. And for those mm-hmm. that think that that doesn't matter, we see from Russia recently that having an autocratic system in control of servers is not the mm-hmm. best thing in the world. And so <laughs> I'd much rather have my data on a French server or on an American server than I would yeah. with something uh, that the, the Communist Party could conceivably uh, audit when they need to. So I think that will impact the growth of it if TikTok ends up getting limited by the U.S. government or the EU in the next one to two years years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is going to be interesting. I, I, I absolutely think that this is something that we're going to be talking about a whole lot more. And the idea of bringing it to discord is really smart because let's face it, Dave, we've got a lot of really smart listeners. Yeah. And once we get the comic lab community on this, I think we're going to start batting around a lot of really innovative ways that uh, we can make this work.
1: So, pals, let's wisdom of crowds this baby and bring it over to the Discord chat over at patreon.com slash comic lab. If you haven't joined us, jump in because this is going to be a good conversation, I guarantee it. Hey, if you're listening while you work, take a minute to stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, we're going to tell you why you should join us on Patreon. When you do, you're going to get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers.
0: And exclusive Patreon posts that go even deeper on Comic Lab topics.
1: And access to our exclusive Discord server, which is a thriving community of professional cartoonists.
0: So you can support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And listen, if you can't swing a pledge this month,
1: we get it. No worries.
0: Yeah, yeah, listen, you can still support the show by rating us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Just leave a five-star review and a few kind words.
0: That, along with mentions on social media, is incredibly helpful.
1: Now, everybody, let's talk comics.
0: Dave, it's time for the mid-show update, and boy, oh boy, do we have a great one. we got to remind people to come out and join us. On Saturday, November 12th at 2 o'clock at the Charles Schultz Museum, they're going to be celebrating what would have been the legendary cartoonist's 100th birthday that weekend. And they want us to come out and basically do a live version of the podcast uh, in which we talk about Schultz, his life, his relevance to comics even today. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I guarantee you it's going to be a rollicking conversation uh, and 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 partly because I know we've got a lot of Comic Lab community members that are already making plans to yeah. come out and join us. Uh, so it's not only is it going to be a great live podcast; it's going to be a little reunion. It's going to be a mini. Comic Lab Con that's going on that well I don't want to say it's a con like a convention <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be one of the few places you can get your Comic Lab pin because we only give those out at live appearances we've got a great a gold pin that says let's talk comics you can get it only one place and that's where either dave or i show up in person uh since i don't leave the house uh very often this is going to be a great opportunity <laughs> on november 12th in santa rosa california santa rosa o'clock. california Yeah, it's going to, you can see us uh, doing the show live and uh, and you do have to pay, uh, you you get in with museum admission, so you will have to pay museum admission when you get there. Uh, But other than that, you get to just pull up a chair. Uh, watch Dave and I work our merit ma- mag, <laughs> work our magic the way.
1: <laughs> Look at us <sighs> work our magic.
0: You can see us talk good, and uh, and you can see what these live stream folks get to see every week is Dave and I being brilliant together.
1: And after our panel, there's going to be another all star panel with Al Roker, Stefan Pastis, I think Lynn Johnston, Patrick McDonald um yeah. the kathy guy i think i don't have it in front of me but anyway there's five or six uh, cartoonists you'll know right off the right off the bat uh, oh, uh yeah. world-class cartoonists and it's gonna be great to see them again by the way uh and brad and i are both flying into oakland so i've got to get out my rolodex brad and see if there's anybody i still know at pixar so that we can swing by and yeah. get you a tour because it's a cool campus to look at when you if you've oh, never seen it before john you know steve that. jobs designed the, the main building
0: No, I did not know that he designed it for
1: casual interactions so that people that are in departments that don't necessarily work with each other would casually bump into one another and have to have to work with one another, have to get ideas. in general. It's a fun building. I have to say, like the the one or two times I've been up there, I've always been impressed by Pixar. So uh, I got to get out the old Rolodex and see if, if we know anybody there.
0: Speaking of be real, we're going to have to also be real uh, on our one hour uh road trip from Oakland into Santa Rosa. I think we got to live stream some of that, right? Oh my uh, while goodness. we're while we're driving into Santa Rosa, that would uh, be we should fun. be we should be sharing that trip with some folks uh because, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm a, my we having just got back from driving to Michigan and back. Uh my wife tells me I'm a delight to drive with.
1: Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, the one or two times I've driven with Brad, if you like to see the embodiment of human anger, it's fun to drive with Brad. Like, do you guys remember in Inside Out, the small red character whose flames literally shot out from the top of his head? That's what yeah. it's like to drive with Brad Geiger. So I'm very excited yeah. to get in this rental car and, and yeah. see the sort of zen approach to life that is Brad Geiger on the road. I will also say, though, that for those that do come out and join us at the Schultz Museum and gosh, I hope you do because it's going to be super fun. Yeah. We're also going to try to do a, a group uh, walk around the museum where we'll get a docent. To sort of guide us around, uh, we mm-hmm. may all go out for a beer at a beer garden, uh, or Brad will get some box wine. Uh, it's going to be a yeah. dang delight, so please do join us, and uh, and I think it's going to be a really fun one.
0: Absolutely. So, Dave, we ran out of time on our be real conversation, but we had a couple more things we wanted to talk about before yes. we went to our next topic. Oh, and what did that include?
1: Well, I want to say first and foremost, uh, it really speaks to the fact that we we didn't put this right up front is that we are two older. Straight white dudes. And that's yeah. a very different thing in terms of putting yourself out there in terms of marketing for your comic than yep. for a lot of people whose very existence sometimes can be weaponized against them, you know? Yeah. And so. Yeah. Uh, obviously, obviously, I don't know why we didn't say this right up front, is that it's not for everyone in the sense that the no. world can be a shitty, shitty place for certain people. And, <laughs> and and it speaks to where we come from in terms of a place of privilege that we didn't even think of this right off the bat. But yeah. there's that. And there's also, Brad, I think a security aspect to this, don't yeah. you think, with, with Be Real, that well, we just yeah. got to be conscious of?
0: Because, I, I mean, listen, what's going to happen, the first few, if you decide to participate in this, the few first few times you do it, you're going to be very, very conscious of wh- what that uh, uh, image is going to be that isn't right. your face, right? right. I-, I keep calling it the B side, like it's a uh, 45. I'm sure there's better terminology or accepted terminology that's going to come out of all this, but uh, we're going to be very careful about the first few. But what's going to happen yeah. is there that law of decreasing intentions is going to come across. And pretty soon after the uh, dozenth, or the three dozenth or the hundredth uh, be real shot, you're going to stop paying so much attention to those other, that, that other side photo. And you're start There's going to be stuff that you, you're going to wish hadn't gone out there. Like, like, like I'm, I'm just to make a, a ridiculous suggestion, you're working on filling out a form that involves you writing in your, uh, uh, your social security number. Right. And that happens to be out on the table when your notification goes off. You snap it real quick. You—it's mm-hmm. the two uh, hundredth time you've done it. You don't pay any attention. It goes up, and now your social security number is out there. Right? Uh, there's going to be and and all kinds of other things like like. I think we touched upon just a little bit in the first half, but if you take enough photos around the house, it's going to start to be a little bit easy to figure out where you are. And do you want that? Right. Because you're going to see the house across the street through the window. You're going to see the, um, the, the, the back deck, uh, you know, out back uh, Mm -hmm. and and certain, uh, or if you're out in the yard, mowing the lawn, you're going to see what the front of your house looks like. It, this is a security situation that you need to be very, very in tune. If you're going to participate, you're going to have to be keep vigilant on what you're sharing uh, about your surroundings.
1: Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, people can, especially fans and super fans can reverse engineer a lot about your life that you didn't even think they could based on who knows background of a photo medications you might have on a counter based on things that are seen through the window. Like Brad said, based on the geotagging if you have that turned on, I hope you don't, uh, based on the fact that <laughs> uh, a lot of people, um, are able to sort of reverse engineer from Zillow photos or apartment listings or condo listings where this thing might be, or the building might be. So anyway, all of that to say is it's, it's just something to, keep in mind if you're taking photos recurringly in your own space is that there is a not zero amount of danger to that that you just got to be conscious of
0: Yeah, absolutely. So take that, take that into consideration. And uh, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have to make your own decision. Go ahead. But, and that's why
1: I say for a lot of reasons, this, uh, one of the reasons we are both excited about this is it just seems fun. And so I, again, I go back to this, I'm tempering my own excitement for this as a marketing thing and probably becoming the first social media thing that I do for me in eight or 10 years, not for my business, but for me, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that either have a private Twitter or, or you know, a fake Insta or all that sort of stuff. Uh, I have never done that. And I think this one might be the first one where I'm just like, no, you know what, this one's just for me. I'm just going to share it yeah. with the 30, 40 people in my life. And that's it.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: No, I think, I think that's
0: a really good way to end this topic uh, and, and, and move on now, Dave, we've got a question from one of our Patreon backers. And uh, this is a really interesting, topic that I'm really interested to get your take on. Tom writes, I know that good writing can save a comic with bad art. Please, uh, People tell me they enjoy my writing, but I'm pretty sure people mostly read my not-safe-for-work comics for the eye candy. Unfortunately, the pages take five or six hours to go from a sketched page To a finished page, I would love to knock the render quality of my art down a notch to speed up production, but I'm concerned leaving out a shading or a lighting pass will make the comic less appealing to readers. Do you feel it's a risk worth experimenting with?
1: Ooh, the short answer is yes. Yeah. The longer answer is uh, I really do feel like the art is not as critical as you think it might be in your heart of hearts. And I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, inarguably, one of the best comic artists to ever live. Mobius. You look at a Mobius page, it's gorgeous. Uh, holy shit, how did Mobius... How, how were they able to draw like that, right? Oh, God, look at this Mobius page. Brad, when was the last time you flipped open a Mobius story to enjoy the story? It just... <laughs> never! I, never! No! I mean, if we're all honest about it, we all go, holy shit, Mobius could draw. You go to read yeah, a Mobius story, yeah. and you're like, huh, is, what is going on here? This is weird. Yeah, Boy, drugs what? were a thing, I guess. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, yet, you you know, you can have uh, incredibly engaging stories in a in a peanut or in a in a, in a I, you know, I'm just trying to think of like the more basic iconographic type of comic strips that we had that captivated right. you as a kid or captivated you as an adult. Yeah. Uh, and the, the art level is is 40 notches down below what Mobius was working at. Right. Yeah. And so that's a long way to say, I think you can absolutely experiment with just nudging down. Your workload, not necessarily your quality level, keep that in mind, but your workload level. And what yeah. I mean by that is, uh, I don't even need to know who you are, but if you're doing a lot of shading, it's probably four different passes of shading. So, first I'll do foreground characters, and then with a different p- type of shading, I'll do backgrounds, uh-huh. and then mm-hmm. I'll do far, far backgrounds, mountains in the backgrounds, oh, details of the stuff. You know, you can, as an artist, you sort of experiment with how would it look if I just shade the foreground characters? Everything else is flat. Or if I just do 10% of the shading that I normally would do on any, you know, you do key, key objects, key people, key uh, sets in the, in the background and Mm -hmm. slowly, but surely you figure out a wiggle room. I went too far in reducing on that one. I need a little bit more detail. So you nudge it back up again. And there's sort of a, a dance that you do for a couple of months, trying to figure out where it can go. But in the process, you're reducing your overall workload. Absolutely. And with not safe for work art, Unquestionably, the
0: art is a little bit more important than it is in uh, some other comparable types. Another uh, of uh, some other types of comics. In other words, it's, it it is more important. It's unquestionable yeah. that it's more important. People are much yeah, more. There's a reason
1: why you don't see the XKCD NSFW. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it would be pointless. Right,
0: but. Uh, (laughs) Or maybe all points, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Or pointillism, (laughs) but it's, it's something, it doesn't, it doesn't tip the scales so far that you can kind of ignore that whole thing. So uh, what, what I want to tell you is number one, take the not safer work stuff out of it, because uh, really this comes down to some, some fundamental truths that we always talk about uh, here on the show. And that is this, your objective is to do something that uh, that enables you to do frequent, consistent, and significant. There's those three words again that we keep saying. So if you are doing a level of uh, rendering that is keeping you from being frequent, consistent, and significant, then you need to dial that back a little bit. Right. And and without worrying too much that you're going to lose people, because, again, the writing and the concepts are going to be what's really drawing people there. So I'm going to encourage you, especially if your gut is telling you that you'd love to be able to put out more pages and it's taking you too long to do one page. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to start dialing that back a little bit so that you can up that frequent, consistent, significant ratio mm-hmm. uh, and then keep a, a, a real uh, a close eye on how your readers are responding to that. They just might surprise you uh, number one. You know, here's the here's the thing. You've you got to be very careful. Do not Call attention to the change. Whatever you do, whatever you say, oh, yeah. do yeah, not yeah, yeah. say, Hey, everybody, I'm just experimenting with a new art style. Tell me what you think. Don't say that because readers hate change of any kind. Again, go back to when I first added color to Evil Ink. People yeah. it wrote me and told me they preferred it black and white. Readers hate change. So, what you don't do is call attention to the change. You put that change out there and then stay as quiet as you can and then listen. If people start picking up on it and saying, oh, I I, I liked it better before and I can't put my finger on it or, or something like that. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Again, never listen to one reader. Always listens to your readers, but never one reader. Uh, but start, start listening for that. If you start to hear that from enough people, well, then you know you've got to make another course correction, right? Yeah. Uh, but 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 put that change out and and do it in increments, right? Uh, if, for example, if you if you were so uh, organized as to say, well, I can I can do this six hour page in five hours instead, right? Well, then then try it at, at five and a half hours or five mm-hmm. hours, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then try maybe four and a half hours. Do you see where I'm going here? Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. and and then you're going to slowly find uh, a sweet spot where you're still doing the work that you're proud of. It's not taking you as long and your readers are
1: none the wiser. Have you ever heard that phrase, Brad? And I'm going to mangle the phrase, but it's something like yeah. a goldfish will grow to fill the bowl you give it. You know, that's exactly the phrase and uh i feel i see this sometimes in my own drawing where yeah. if i'm drawing a thing i've got a sketchbook on my lap yeah. And normally I would go, all right, that drawing is done. I, you know, I feel good about that. I gets the point across. I like I like what I did there. That's good. Okay, now take that exact same sketch, exact same Dave, exact same pen, and put me in a doctor's office where I'm waiting for another hour, or an airport where I'm waiting for another hour. I've got nothing else to do. So I just keep fiddling with the drawing. Oh, yeah. A little bit more shading. Oh, here's another tree in the background that was unnecessary. <laughs> here's <laughs> the interesting <laughs> thing. The drawing doesn't necessarily get better. I'm just yeah. filling my time like that fish in the bowl. I'm just, I'm yep drawing the drawing to, f- to fill the time that i have but I'm not necessarily making the drawing better and what yeah. I'm getting at with that is that you have to train your eye to go no no this drawing is done this is enough yeah. this is this is enough plus 10 for excitement and pleasure and all that sort of stuff so yeah. that the reader goes yep this gets the communication across and it also was fun and then yeah. that's when you stop and again that takes some wiggle room of experimentation sometimes you're yes. gonna you're gonna go too far in one direction in both ways and then you'll have to you'll have to course correct back and it's not the same for everybody which is why why Brad and I can't give you uh, a tone specific like, yes, you need to cut it. Stop doing shading. Stop doing special colorization. Stop doing textures. Uh, yeah. it's, it varies for anyone. But I will say, to Brad's point about frequent, consistent, and significant, there is a web cartoonist, and I uh, there, no need to name names. They They are among the best in terms of art. Amazing art. Oh, thank you. Uh, but I have to tell you, they have become, it is almost a point of troublesome concern that they spend so... No, 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 this is not you, Brad. That okay, they spend I was, I was going to so, say, I, I jumped in too soon. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, they've spent so much time making each installment perfect in whatever definition of quote perfect is in their mind that it's not frequent and it's not right. consistent. So much to the point where Dave Kellett for vast quantities of time will forget that they exist. And that's Ooh. not what you want. I'm not saying that yeah. they, can't, they can't strive towards their own definition of perfection, But you still have to have that. Like Brad said, there's a ratio and it's going to be different from everybody, but you still have to have frequent and you still have to have consistent in there or else people like me who genuinely love their work kind of forget about them over six months, 10 months, 12 months, you know? And then
0: imagine what happens for the people that don't necessarily love them, but kind of like them. And then they're not going to remember them. So Yeah. yeah, it's, it goes back to that old art school axiom. Perfect is the enemy of done yeah uh that's the same thing is that you you know you you're you're spending so much time uh trying to achieve perfect maybe you you, you you you're not it's taking you too long to get done and maybe you gotta be okay with a little bit uh lower version of perfect right
1: yeah it's 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 an interesting thing because it sounds like we're saying produce crappier work when we say drop your standards a little bit yeah. but it's, yeah. we're not saying that we're saying a, your skills will get better in time, so you'll get faster mm-hmm. what you're doing. But also, the realization that not every tiny little pixel has to be in the perfect place, you know. Yeah. And so, um, again, it's just a, it's a course correction, but it is worth experimenting with to answer your question.
0: Absolutely. So, Dave, we've got another question from one of our Patreon backers, and it goes like this: Hey, guys, my comic has a bit of an identity problem. It's an anthology series. Each chapter has a new cast. I get Ooh. to cover a lot of different situations this way without having to explain how the characters got into things. But it makes it hard to say what or who my comic is about. The anthology angle lets me use a bunch of different characters, which is a big part of my comic's appeal. But mm-hmm. I find Uh, not having a real central cast makes it hard to actually describe it to new readers. Should I steer towards a more centralized cast?
1: Oh, wow. This is a fun question. Um, So my immediate response is in terms of media that's being produced today, this feels like American Horror Story, where every season is roughly under the umbrella of horror, but it's a different cast or even at the same cast, but recast in very different roles, you know? So uh, mm-hmm. if Brad Geiger was an actor, he's playing the, the town mayor last season, this season, he's playing a college professor, you know, whatever it is. Um, and I can think of a lot of shows, especially in the 60s, 70s and 80s that had sort of, uh, you know, you'd had Twilight Zone, you had a uh, uh, fantasy Island, you know, a new story every week. Um, but, uh, but how to tie them together though, Brad, how to tie those together. What do you think? Well, I, it's funny that you go to horror because I
0: immediately went to horror uh, because I think this is what the answer is. Uh, EC comics had a number of anthology type books and they all had one thing that uh, kept a through line uh, throughout and they were a, basically they had a host Remember, Tales from the Crypt yes, had the Crypt yes, Keeper. Brad. okay yes, Brad. Sorry, I got very excited about that. Yes. <laughs> and and the Vault of Horror had the Vault Keeper.
1: Uh, The Haunt
0: of Fear had the Wait, Old Wait, I'm sorry. Witch. Time out.
1: The, there was a title called The Vault of Horror and had oh, the yeah. Vault Keeper? God yes. damn it. How is that not a ripoff of the Crypt Keeper?
0: <laughs> oh, well, they, 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 there was the same publishing company, so it wasn't a ripoff. It was just like, I, listen, all of comics, all of comics history can be defined by... <laughs> By the phrase "Hey, that's working. Let's do that," <laughs> Brad. How <laughs> you dare
1: know? you say that when Ant-Man and the Atom are very different characters, Brad? Um, that's very different, right.
0: amazingly different. So, yeah. uh, and and not only, I mean, and and not only horror comics. Let's take a look at television horror hosts, right? We yeah. had uh got Commander USA, we had Count Scary, we Elvira. had uh Goulardi. Uh so and 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 then let's take it uh, uh and and go even further. You see a lot of anthology type titles that uh go a long way uh, in continuity just by having a
1: host. Boy, you know, you really struck gold here because it was also true with sci-fi, the twilight zone, the narrator yes. was what tied every episode together, right? You had yeah. Rod Serling, you know, coming out with a cigarette and uh, and um his uh uh his attitude that made you feel like you were um both safe and unsafe. That was great. Yes. But yeah, so no, I think you're right because really 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 when it comes down to it, the things yeah. that tie an anthology together are the author or authors, right? Yeah the location and the type of the media and brad's right a narrator right the only other thing that i could think of is a very distinctive style so for example twilight zone they all kind of were shot in a very distinctive style you know Oh yeah and so that tied them together and there's no argument that you could sell an anthology that's just based on author type of medium and style which is kind of what you're doing right now Mm -hmm. but i think to brad's point a centralized narration and it doesn't have to be a narrator necessarily, but some kind of unit that ties them together. So for example, um, uh, what was the, uh, God, I'm blanking on it, but the, the cowboy movie that they had on Netflix, it was like Six Shorts recently. Was, oh, um,
0: golly. I know uh, the, exactly the one you're talking, was it like
1: Tales of... Oh, gosh darn it. Now I'm blanking oh, on it. Anyway, um, I, this, I don't know. And once again, for those reminding at home, you're tuning into a podcast called <laughs> Two Old Guys, Try to Remember <laughs> 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 Something <laughs> <laughs> They Watched on TV six months ago. <laughs> the, anyway. The Ballad of... Of Buster Scruggs. There we go. The Ballad of Buster go. Go. Scruggs. Anyway, one the, the unit that Buster Scruggs used to yeah. combine all the tales was a physical book that yeah. opened in the beginning yes. of the story. And then when that story ended, it flipped to the next page and the next title yeah. page. Right. And so you have all sorts of versions of that. You could do letter collections. You could, you could find some visual, not a narrator, but a visual that ties together all the stories. And mm-hmm. that could be one way to do it. Yep. Absolutely. You know, there, and, 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 oh, oh or, uh, oh, here's, you could have a place
0: there was a great anthology, uh, horror series on TV. Uh, I, I'm again, I'm going to blank on the name, but the whole idea was this antique shop, uh, had uh, everything in the antique shop was haunted. And so then somebody would like come and either buy something from the antique shop or it would escape somehow. <laughs> and then the story would be, uh, and was that one tales from the dark side? Anyway, uh, everything was haunted uh, or, or, or and, and maybe they had to like uh, or they would realized that these haunted things got out and they were trying to find them and bring them back to the antique shop. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you see the point. It could be a place of, of that that has all these similar things. And and that's it becomes the uh, the uh, apex that they orbit around. Yeah, uh, I mean, let's face it. There, had, this problem has been solved over and over and over again. What if by Marvel Comics was yes. an anthology series? What did it have that tied all their stories around the Watcher?
1: The weirdest drawn character in all of Marvel, <laughs> Brad, is the answer. <laughs> yes, a short bald guy with a giant head and a weird collar system.
0: Yeah. So what you need to do is realize that this problem has been solved time and time again by media, and now decide how do you want to take that idea or that concept and make it your own. You do you want to have a, a host? Do you want to have a special place like Dave says? Do you want to have a book or some kind of uh, other hook that yep. you can use that that uh, that that all of these revolve around? Once you've got that, then you've got this. Tying concept that unifies all of these things. And, and you've also, by the way, all of a sudden you've got marketing because now you can say very clearly what this is, what the hook is. And that's, that's the biggest uh, uh, hurdle for marketing. Now you can market this thing. Well,
1: you know, it's it really. I'm I'm really thankful to you and your insight on this one, Brad, because I wasn't sure when we started this question that I had a good answer. But you're right; it's got to be yeah. either a prop, a place, yeah. a person, or a narrator um, yeah. to really tie it together. And you're right; the branding comes from itself. Like, think of all the stories. Like, you could have the book of the Necronomicon, right? And the book is the marketing yes. for how you know the the physical book is the is the thing that markets it. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think I think you're right, Brad. This is a problem that has been solved, and it's been solved in numerous ways, usually by a physical manifestation that represents. Represents all the different stories, whether it's a narrator, a person, a place, or a thing, a prop—I guess I should say—that yeah. uh, encompasses what this is, what this concept is, and then, as Brad said, you can sell it using that. Absolutely. So, Dave, let's end the show on a high note with one. I, I
0: think we can uh, answer this one relatively quickly, and it's and it's right in your wheelhouse because I talked about something that you talked about uh, on the show before. Oh, is it time to
1: do a? a Brad, B I just reel? took my B reel I just I, took I my first not, B B-reel. I must <laughs> not have the notification set. Oh my god, I'm gonna love how crappy the triple chins look in my photos on B reel This oh is my fantastic. Goodness. Oh, Brad, no, no, let's no, see. It.
0: Okay, there's the thing. Now so let's see if I can do. <laughs> let's see if I can do this.
1: How did I take such a bad photo of myself? there i got i got
0: you now do i have your approval i i took the screen of brad i don't
1: care we're we're gonna use this app for three weeks and then be done with it that's that's a good point
0: (laughs) Uh, send it out. Yeah. Yeah. Basically you and I are the only people on each other's be real at this point.
1: Yeah. Right. My friendship group is one.
0: <laughs>
1: that's funny that we got the notification during the show. So that's one of the weird things about the app and for both the exciting and weird thing about it is you never know where you're going to be. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to uh, Brad being in a public restroom in Philadelphia. And I'm like, well, there yeah. we go. Oh God.
0: so anyway let's let's end the show on another high note (laughs) and and cover one more question here it is and it dave you talked about giveaways and we got a question that comes in that says hey i got a question about those giveaways that dave was talking about uh how do you make them beneficial In other words, I understand how to make them legal, but what are the benefits of holding a giveaway? Does it attract more people to your comic? Does it help retain the readers or the patrons you already have? What are some of the best practices for minimizing the potential benefits for holding a giveaway so the... or I'm sorry, that should be maximizing. What are the (laughs) best practices for maximizing the potential benefits for holding a giveaway so the value of the thing you're giving away is worth it? Dave, talk to us about the value
1: of a giveaway. Absolutely. So, uh, just a reminder for everybody, I do physical giveaways in my Patreon, which if you do them wrong are technically illegal, but I have somehow found a wiggle room in the, in the presentation of it that allows me to do it. The way I do it is the post has to be public. You don't have to pay to get the giveaway. You can just have a Patreon account. And by the way, Patreon accounts are free. So you can just sign up, have a Patreon account, um, and and not be a patron of Dave Kellett by a follower, which is a different phrase they use of Dave Kellett. And you'll get yeah. the notification of a pop quiz that I do every week at a different time so that different people in different time zones have a good chance. Right. And I give away a I think the size is roughly four by six pencil and ink sketch of a drive character. And I mail it at my expense to whoever the winner is. And if it's in the U.S., great, it cost me a buck. If it's around the world, I a little bit regret doing the whole thing because it cost (laughs) me eight bucks or whatever. (laughs) So if you're in Austria, I spent some money to get that damn sketch to you. Anyway, um, but I I give them away. And to answer your question, Jarek, about how you find them, how you make them worthwhile, there's two things that make it worthwhile. One is perceived value. And one is the actual physical excitement that happens when you open the thing. And that's true with every product that's ever been made. So it's not, I'm not necessarily cracking a new code here. It's um, for me, my audience loves my uh, artwork, which is fairly obvious or they wouldn't be patrons of my, of my cartoon. And so giving away physical sketches of my artwork is a, is kind yeah. of a no brainer. It's they, of course, the perceived value of that is high also because they also know that uh, from a perceived value standpoint, I'm eBaying a piece once every week or two that go anywhere from a hundred bucks to 400 bucks. Right. And then I'm also selling my originals on Sheldon, which go for, I think of 170 right now. So they mm-hmm. know that there's value. The perceived value is also true because they do sell for money. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't just give away sketches all the time. And then the actual physical excitement when you open it, I think any lover of art, when you when you open that, they're going to post yeah. it. They they post it on Patreon. Look, it arrived. Look, I framed it up. Look, I framed it up with my other Dave Kellett art. And that, in a way, generates its own kind of excitement. And yeah. I, I spend roughly a day and a half, once a year, creating all these sketches. And then my wonderful assistant, Beth, photographs them all, puts up pop quiz questions for them to go with the comic. We preload them on the Patreon for 52 weeks, and bada bing, bada boom, we're done. It's no more work. Yeah. And so that's what I do, Brad. And do you think that I, that I, I went wrong in my description of it, that it's a perceived no. value and then an actual reaction?
0: This is a no brainer. It's got tons and tons of, uh, uh, value perceived and otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I'll just throw in that, uh, it, I could see it being a, uh, retention factor for patrons because if, if they didn't get this giveaway, they're going to want to hang around and get the next giveaway. Right. Yeah. So they're going to stick around for that. So yeah, this is, this is slapping over with, uh, with, with great, uh, value for your Patreon backers.
1: And it's a, it's a, to, to as Brad's point, it's both a retention thing. And I think it also it, in some degrees brings people into Patreon because even though yeah. I don't limit it to Patreon, they're aware that being in the Patreon system makes these things in their, in their own ecosystem. You know what I mean? They're going to see yeah. them, they're going to get them, they're going to, and what's fun is it does foster community because the pop quiz questions oftentimes yeah. lead to joking you know there's all sorts of jokey answers i Mm -hmm. chime in all the time i try to make it fun for the the answers as well and then as far as the benefits i also whenever i do a drive book which is about once every two two and a half years i do one spread in the book that's all the best versions of these sketches from the last two, two and a half years. Oh, that's great. Because some of them, you know, you can't, if you do 52 drawings, four or five of them are going to be really, really good. And then you yeah. grab, you know, the uh, five from the next year and five from the other year following that, you have a good yeah. spread of really fun sketches with little jokes on them that, that add to the overall world. So I find the benefits uh, to be uh, self-explanatory on this. Oh,
0: And I'll tell you what—we've had a good spread of comics talk and uh, conversations just here on Comic Lab, where we've been talking about comics for a nice hour, and
1: I'm—you know—I just. I don't know, Dave, do you want to
0: come back here and do this again next
1: week? I say we do, Brad. I'm going to be real about it, Brad, and I will Uh, be here next week with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think
0: you should. And then after we have another hour of comics talk, you're going to hear me say this. You've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and
1: making a living from comics. And having tried it out, I think I'm going to make that my new laugh of the podcast when Brad makes a joke. I'm going to go, (laughs) 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 boys are any more annoying laugh. Your hosts have been my friend Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and the creator and artiste of Evil Inc. at evil-comic.com
0: and my friend Dave Kellett, the co-director of the comics documentary stripped and the cartoonist of Sheldon at sheldoncomics.com and drive at
1: drivecomic.com And the Comic Lab theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at theworldrecord.net. And this episode was edited by our pal Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions over at www.woodsong.media. And Matt, if you want to see terrible photos of me, you can join me on Be Real. (laughs) (laughs) If you love Comic
0: Lab, you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and you may hear your review featured on a future episode like this one this one comes in from Steffi, who says this is an endless fount of dad jokes and useful info (laughs) on top of being delightful this pod is packed with great info for comic creators both seasoned
1: and aspiring i look forward to it every week Oh, that I—you know what's funny? I'm not even joking. That never gets old. It never gets old to hear nice I things know. about the podcast because I say this all the time to Bonjuros when when I'm welcoming people into Patreon. You know, I send yeah. them the video pun Bonjuro to say hello, but. Mm-hmm. A comic Lab is literally one of the most fun things I do in my life. I'm sitting talking comics with Brad Geiger. I'm laughing. And then to have folks find, like, not only value in it, but joy in it. Like, that yeah. that's a wonderful thing. So thank you for the kind words. We really appreciate that. God, that means the world to me. I'm, yeah. I'm not even joking. That's a great lift in my shoes there for today. And then also, I want to say that if you, if you are, happen to be over on Spotify, don't forget to give us a quick five-star review. We oh, are yeah. continuing to blow up over on Spotify. I don't know what we're doing right. We have somehow... <laughs> honored the algorithm gods with the right sacrifice and they are they are lifting us up to ever new heights over on Spotify so don't forget to give us a five star rating and comic lab is made possible by your support on patreoncom Lab, so we'll go ahead and say that twice patreon.com/comiclab Well, Brad, I, no joke. If the, if these B reels are any indication, if I had to use these for Tinder profiles, there is yeah. not I'm not kidding. It's not one, not two, it's triple chins based on the angle of this terrible B reel <laughs> that I just took. <laughs> I would I would move I would move no product off the shelves with this photo no, of me. This no. is not attractive. You are,
0: you are not getting smooches at all. And 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 <laughs> unless unless Ollie is on B Reel.
1: That's right. <laughs> my dog.
0: (laughs) That's right.